Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined as always by Brandon Scott. You know him as B. Scott. Well, who is ready for some Friday night lights? It's August, which means the high school football season is right around the corner, and today is our preview show. We're going to be discussing each class, giving our players to watch, our storylines, toughest sectionals from every class, as well as who we think is going to be hoisting the trophy at the end of the year. A lot to get into. You know, We talked about college football last week. We're staying uh, in the student-athlete realm. Uh, we're not going to talk. We're not. Don't worry. I know a lot of stuff in the Colts world has happened. We're not going to talk about that for a couple of weeks. We're going to hopefully, uh, you know, not have some good news maybe to give you guys here in a couple of weeks. Probably not, but we'll see. But man, it, it's that time again. We're ready to talk some high school football, B. Scott. I know. I can't believe it. I mean, it's it's fun driving by Westfield High School on the way home from work and. You know, seeing kids out there on the football field getting ready. It's 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 exciting. It, it means fall is around the corner. But weather wise, just realize here in Indiana, right now we're on Hale's front porch. <laughs> yes. And we're gonna have uh false fall, then second summer, then actual fall. So we might be we dipping be coming into false fall here. Right, I was gonna say the uh, this morning when it was like fifty nine degrees walking outside, I was like, Hey, we're I kind of feel Kind of feel a little bit of fall in the air, so uh, maybe we're we're closing in on that. Um, you know, yeah, hopefully, because yeah, it's been super hot. Ready to get, <laughs> ready to get back into hoodie weather. Uh, that's that's um, you know, that's where I like to be. Um, and so yeah, I mean, really excited for the high school football season coming up uh, this uh, year because last year we had a lot of great storylines, and it's going to be really fun uh, to get back in and pick up on those. You know, some notable storylines from last year. You know, you had Center Grove getting their three-peat. They defeat Carroll in the 6A final. Josh Ringer just went off, had an absolute crazy year. Uh, he's in the running for 2023 Indiana Mr. Football. He ran for four touchdowns in the 4A state final. Bishop Chittard extends their state record with now 16 state championships. They won the 3A title, and then Lutheran uh, captures their second straight title in 1A. So um, a lot of great storylines that extend into this coming year. And so let's go ahead and start things off hot. We'll get into our 6 a preview. Uh, we're going to preview each class. Um, giving, we're going to give you our storyline. We're going to give you toughest sectional. We're going to give you our dark horse uh, or player to watch dark horse as well as our champion. So kind of give you a brief overview. Uh, before we kick off, we're going to say what we do in a, in a lot of our previews. Uh, you know your team, your area better than us. So if we miss something, feel free to drop that in the comment section down below. Give us your thoughts. Anything you thought, hey, you guys missed this or you got this wrong, please let us know because there are a lot of schools to cover. Um, thank goodness for things like Indiana Football Digest, uh, John Harrell, and Max Preps. That's pretty much where I lived um, this past weekend, uh, getting all the lowdown on all the teams. So kicking things off, we'll get started with 6A and we'll go on down the line. Um, looking at Class 6A, the top class in Indiana high school football, biggest storyline for me, let's just, let's just address it here. Is there a team out there that can stop Center Grove? I know last year, you know, we were big on, 
you know, okay, Cathedral's really good. You know, they're they were a five A school the last couple of years, but now you know, but but essentially, you know, they play at a six A level. They're really good. Um, you know, Center Grove, uh, first six A team to complete a three peat. Uh, the Trojans have played in half of the state championships at the highest level of IHSAA. They've made five appearances. Six A began in 2013. So if you're doing some math there, that's literally uh, five out of ten state championships have involved Center Groves. Uh, four straight 6A finals appearances, four 6A championships, and they've also won six straight sectional championships. Uh, that's just outstanding from Eric Moore's program. Uh, they bring in, or they they have uh, coming back quarterback Tyler Cherry. He's committed to Duke. He returns for Center Grove. He's uh, as well as his top target Noah Coy. Cherry last year completed 65 percent of his passes for 2,269 yards, 22 touchdowns, and five picks. Um, Coy had 61 catches for uh, 1,147 yards and 13 touchdowns. <laughs> and what's crazy is looking at their schedule, they play their first five games. Out of state, all out of state opponents for the first five games of the season. They play St. Edward, Cincinnati. They play St. Edward, Cincinnati, Muller, um, who finished um, one and number th- number one and number three respectively in Ohio last season. They play Louisville Trinity, who finished number three in Kentucky last season, who, and uh, who beat Center Grove last year by one and two overtimes. That was like the first loss in two years for the Trojans. Uh, and they also play Oakland, who finished number two in Tennessee last season. So they play. You know, from the surrounding states, they play some of the top schools. Um, you know, so the Trojans will get to sharpen their skills against some of the best teams from neighboring states before heading back in state. And then, of course, week nine, they will play Cathedral again. Um, you know, we'll get into some more 6A teams that can be strong and challenge the Trojans. Um, but Center Grove is the best team in the class until they aren't. That's kind of how I feel about them. It's one of those things where, you know, you see a team kind of get on a hot streak and win for several years in a row. And at, at the beginning, you think, okay, well, I'm just going to pick against them because eventually it's going to happen. Eventually they're going to lose. Eventually they're going to take a step back. But now I'm not there anymore. I'm just like, you know what? They're there until they aren't. You know, it's kind of like with, you know, the the Houston Astros winning, you know, the AL, winning the AL pennant, making the World Series. You know what? I used to pick against them all the time because I was like, eventually they won't be. But they just kept getting there. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Maybe I should just, <laughs> maybe I should just, you know, uh, face the music and realize they're going to be there. Um, you know, there's a scenario in my head that uh, where they could be four and five uh, going into sectional play, and I would still have faith in them because that would mean they would lose. Like, if they lost, like, all five to out-of-state opponents but then still beat all their in-state opponents, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. They're four and five. I don't care. They're going to – they're still going to Lucas Oil. Yeah. I mean, it's – you know they are at a point where they know they're the best in the state. So what they're looking at now is Pat is getting their record to a certain point or their strength of schedule to really start contending for higher spots ranked in the country, um, which is – unbelievable um and i think honestly the best move for them was leaving the mick conference and kind of being on their own um or i guess being booted from the mick conference (laughs) i guess i should say but um yeah like you said it's it's theirs until anybody else can prove otherwise and i could see this continuing on because no senior class wants to be that first class to not win a championship during the streak. You, you just don't. And the thing is, what has happened now is it's not just, oh, we had a good class of players come through. It's no, they've built a program now. All the younger guys are watching how the older guys handle themselves in practice. I mean, this is what 
you you hope to see. I mean, this is what we saw out of Carmel. It felt like for the longest time, it was just constantly Carmel was there. Carmel was there always, always, always. I mean, yes, it does come to an end after a while. However, with Carmel's situation is because a lot of the parents that want to put their kids in football anymore, just because of all the talk of concussions and everything like that. So that was the only thing that parents came in the way of Carmel continuing on with their successes. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it's hard to see anybody really contending with Center Grove from the state of Indiana, um, especially when, you know, Center Grove knows they're that good and they're going to go out and prove it. Yeah, I mean, the class of 2024 will not, like, in, uh, like has not known what it's like to not finish the season hoisting a trophy at Lucas Oil Stadium, right. which is just insane. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be tough, and like I said, you know, it's theirs until they aren't. So we'll get more into Center Grove uh, here a little bit later uh, on if, if we want to foreshadow things here. But, uh, but yeah, they're going to be – they they are the team, obviously, to be, you know, in the, in the class. Um, so looking at, you know, some of the other schools, uh, I want to highlight maybe our toughest sectionals here. Uh, for me, the toughest sectional is sectional two. Um, you've got Carroll, Fort Wayne, uh, the Chargers finished 2022, uh, ranked fifth, uh, in the AP poll and the coaches poll. They lost to Center Grove in the class six, A championship. Uh, that's their, uh, that was their first state finals appearance. They do get quarterback Jimmy Sullivan, Nate Starks, uh, back. Uh, so those are some of the returnees for them. They are the preseason number two in 6A, according to Indiana Football Digest. And in that same sectional, you've got the Pin Kingsmen, who are the preseason number uh, nine in the class, according to IFD. Uh, they finished ten, uh, in the top ten in both the AP and coaches poll for 2022. Um, and all four teams in the sectional uh, finished with three or fewer losses. Warsaw was eight and three, thirteenth in the final AP poll. Elkhart was seven and three, thirteenth uh, in the final coaches poll. So you've got a lot of teams. I know there's other um, you know sectionals with maybe some more name recognition program wise, but uh, you know looking at sectionals that you know hey whoever wins that one's going to go deep in the tournament. I think look no further than sectional two. For me, it's I don't know the sectional number, but the. Pretty much, the, I'm going to call it the Hamilton County sectional. It's the one where it's Noblesville, uh, Westfield, Hamilton Southeastern, Fishers, Carmel. That recently has been a very, very entertaining sectional, and it always produces somebody that has a chance to make a run to Lucas Oil Stadium. I want to say, I want to say those section those teams are split up now. I th I oh, think they are that, now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hamilton well, Southeast. Last, the past well, two years. Hamilton Southeastern and uh, Fishers were in their own sectional last year, uh, and Westfield and Carmel were in their own sectional. I, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I could be misremembering. Okay. Well, the 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 sectional that I'm thinking of is the one with Westfield and Carmel. Though that one always ends up being quite a battle, um, especially with with two teams that have some higher expectations but are, have lost some key components uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball for Carmel and Westfield um it's always usually really pretty entertaining especially considering in the past it's been dominated by Carmel but here recently you know you've had Westfield really step up um it, you see some good battles out of out of out of that sectional so i'm going to say the the sectional with Carmel and Westfield to me is the is the one I don't know if I would say it's it's really the toughest, but it's the most entertaining to me. Yeah, uh, that's sectional four. I'm looking at IFD right now: Carmel, Noblesville, uh, Westfield, and Zionsville, all in that section. Uh, Zionsville, that was the one. Yeah, Zionsville is usually pretty tough. I mean, um, look, both these school like Zionsville's got some pretty big D1 recruits. 
especially on the offensive line. They, they turn out those guys now. You know, Westfield consistently has somebody that's being recruited at the higher D1, P5 level. Same thing with Carmel. Noblesville is probably the odd man out in that sectional, really, but it, it, it's it's tough. I mean, Zionsville, like I said, Zionsville's an up-and-comer. Um, don't sleep on any of those teams. They could Any of those teams can honestly be dark horses just because there's so many unknowns about them. Yeah, it's sectional three that is Fishers and Hamilton Southeastern and sectional four with, with Westfield and, and Carmel. But, I mean, heck, both of those sectionals. I mean, Fishers yeah. Fishers and Hamilton Southeastern, uh, those the, the two games they played, I think the, the sectional game was a, bit, a little bit more of a blowout, but the regular season game between those two teams was good. And then, of course, Westfield, you know, you have them beating Carmel for the first time in forever. Um, so you, you've got some really good uh, sectionals, uh, you know, in there. Uh, really, there's a lot of great 6A sectionals. So, you know, and that was those were the two ones that I was talking about that had a little bit more ra- uh, name recognition really two through four are going to be really tough um looking yeah. at a player to watch uh for 6a uh, I've got Cathedral senior quarterback Danny O'Neill. Uh, he's just had an amazing last few seasons. I mean, you know, even going back to 2021 when the car or Cathedral was in uh, uh, 5A, he had an amazing season that year as well. Uh, he, last year, uh, O'Neill completed 63% of his passes for uh, 2,654 yards, 32 touchdowns, and seven picks. Uh, he was ninth in the state in passing yards, first in 6A. He had four games of 300 or more passing yards. One 400-yard game that was in the regular season finale versus Center Grove. Uh, five games of four more touchdown passes. One five-touchdown a game, again, against Center Grove. So, hey, I mean, when you can say your best game was against the state's best team for, like, five years running, um, that's pretty impressive. Um, he's 282 yards away from 6,000 for his career. Um, he's got 67 passing touchdowns during his time with the Irish. Um, he did, like I said, uh, lead the Irish to the uh, 2021 5A title. He's going to go play for Coach Prime. Um, uh, here in a, in a couple of years, he's a Colorado commit. Uh, there are some gaps to fill, uh, you know, on that Cathedral offense. Um, so you know, as some of O'Neill's top targets are gone. Um, but uh, you know, it's Cathedral's one of those teams too that doesn't really rebuild; they reload. And I think O'Neill can have another standout yeah. year this year. Yeah, it, it, you know, looking at six A, it's it, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks in there. Um. But for me, I mean, there's – I'm looking at – I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Westfield running back Kendall Garnett. I mean, there's a lot of really good running backs as well. But the 5'7", 180-pound Garnett, you know, last year uh, – it was he was a freshman last year. He's only a sophomore now, but he has the potential to really kind of break out because, I mean, even as a freshman, he ran last year for 835 yards and 12 touchdowns. Um He's also going to be just in general, one of Westfield's top threats, both running the ball and at receiving last year, he caught 13 passes, 118 yards and one touchdown. Um, And he not only is that, but he's also a return specialist averaging 28.8 yards per kickoff last season. I mean, this Westfield's going to go as far as Kendall Garnett can take them offensively this year. Um, so I'm really keeping an eye on him. I mean, the, the quarterback story is there, but for me, when you look at high school football, and a lot of it comes down to now with running backs, it seems like in this in the state of Indiana, at least. So I'm really keeping my eye on him. Well, I mean, you look at it, uh, three of the last five Mr. Footballs have been 
I know Drake Bowen was uh, like played both sides of the ball, but he was still he was running back. I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, and you have Charlie Spiegel. You've got uh, Carson Steele. Uh, we were, we were going to talk jo- about Josh Ringer here in a little bit. A lot of great running backs um, across the state. And so yeah, that position you know, may not you know always translate you know as you go up the ladder just because of all the injuries and stuff. But at the same time, you know at, at this level, it's still good to have um, that talent in the backfield. Um, so we'll go ahead now and give our dark horse and state champ uh, for the class. Uh, my dark horse for 6A, I'm going with the Ben Davis Giants. Uh, they do return Thomas Guskowski, uh, who finished fourth in 6A in passing yardage. He completed 63% of his passes uh, for two, uh, 2,341 yards, uh, 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions in 2022. I've seen him a lot on the uh, list for uh, Mr. Indiana Football. He's a candidate there. Uh, they do return their leading rusher, Elijah Price, and leading tackler, Nylon Brown. Um, they finished 6-4 um, and four last season, which does doesn't sound appealing, but they do. They did draw Brownsburg first, uh, like in that first game of the sectional. So the, right out of the gate, it was a tough opponent, um, and so they they ended up losing that one there. They finished top ten in the six A AP poll uh, and six A coaches poll, as well as in the uh, ranked finished ranked tenth in the state according to Max Preps. Um, they do uh, they get to cut their teeth against uh, Cincinnati Muller and IMG Academy as far as out of state competition Ooh. goes. So they get to kind of kind of do what Center Grove is going to do this. I year. Which is, yeah, they, they play IMG this year. They get to uh, get to test uh, test their talents there, and and maybe you know get get some uh, get some experience against that level of competition before going into some of the later stuff. Uh, you know, as we get into the fall, um, you know they did play Center Grove well last season, uh, only lost by one. Um, and I think they're better than Brownsburg this season, so they should be favorites to get out of sectional five. And um, I think they can go deep in the tournament. Ultimately, though. When I'm talking about my state champion, again, it's Center Grove until it isn't. Uh, I'm going with Center Grove. Um, you know, we've talked about their accolades before. They've been uh, the class of 6A for uh, for its brief history. Uh, we talked about their four titles and, and, and their five total appearances. They completed the three-peat. You know, we've seen four-peats in the state before. Uh, maybe not at this level, but the Trojans have been on another level, uh, you know, these past four seasons. Uh, like I said, the class of 2024 doesn't know what it's like to not hoist a trophy, and I think that trend continues. Uh, give me the Center Grove. Trojans to to win 6A again yeah so my dark horse I mean there's like there's honestly there's two teams dark horse wise that I feel like could but it's I mean 6A it's really kind of hard I guess because it is all center grow but my biggest dark horse I am going with the Warren Central Warriors yeah I know it does it does how can a team that's won nine state championships really be a dark horse um, but look, this is a Warren Central team that won a sectional championship last year. They did lose to Center Grove in the regional. It was only a 10-point loss. So they played Center Grove really tough. Um, they did lose a couple of key players, but they did bring back um, their um, junior quarterback, uh, Keith Jackson. He passed for 643 yards and eight touchdowns and ran for 479 yards and another four touchdowns, but also caught two touchdown passes last year as well. Uh, this team is going to be led by junior defensive end Damian Shanklin. Um, this kid is is recruiting is blowing up big time right now. Offers including Purdue, Iowa, Louisville, Minnesota, and USC. I mean, you I guess USC is now got to get a stronghold in the Midwest since they're coming to the Big Ten. But the Warriors, it, it's just program history. I feel like if there's a team that could trip up 
Center Grove, it is Warren Central, just because that program just consistently, no matter who the coach is, um, puts out successful seasons. And it's been a while since Warren Central's been there. So that's a little extra chip on their shoulder. And I think also, remember, everybody's going to give their best shot to Center Grove this year. But Warren Central in past years has started the season off against Center Grove. This year, they are not. They have three straight games uh, that are very, very winnable to help them get a really good, strong foothold on the season and build their confidence. So I feel like if they can build that confidence and get the ball rolling going into the MIC um, conference season, I think that they could have the right confidence heading into the postseason that could potentially allow them to pull an upset of Center Grove. But as you said as well, 6A is going is center groves until somebody says otherwise. I mean, you can have pretty much anybody in 6A can be considered a dark horse when you're basically playing for runner-up, essentially. Um, this center grove team is just at a different level. This is what we have seen from other programs, like bigger programs in the past. Like we thought Cathedral was kind of like that. Now that they're at 6A, it's a little bit different for them, but Center Grove is just a different animal. And what's really funny about Center Grove is that you would think, oh man, this team's just got to be completely loaded with uh, power five division one talent. It's like, not really. It's not that deep across the board for that kind of talent, um, which is, but it's just guys that play sound football that probably aren't the best athletes, but they just play good, hard nosed team football and that wins and it, it just it's a winning formula so if they just keep it up there's I don't think there's anybody that could really step in their way it's kind of like what we see at college football with like Georgia slash Alabama like those programs and like even Clemson for a while they're like those programs are so good that it's just you're surprised if it's not them but also like there's other programs that are not slouches by any means like you know the Notre Dames or the Texases or the Michigans where you're like you're not going to be surprised if that team's hoisting the trophy at the end of the year but the other team you know the Alabamas and Georgias are so good that you know it's just you know they're on another level and 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 you just kind of see if there's anyone that can kick them off of that level so we shall see Center Grove yeah the class of 6A and 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 no reason to think they won't be there again Moving on to 5A, um, biggest storyline for Class 5A to me is who will emerge as the favorite from that class. Because out of the last five seasons, Valparaiso, who won last year, is the only champion to still be in that class. Uh, you had New Palestine uh, from a couple of years ago, and you had uh, Cathedral from a couple of years ago as well. So, um, you know, they won uh, Valpo won their first state championship since 1975 last season. Uh, first is a 5A school. Um, the last four games of uh, their state finals run, they won by a combined 13 points, winning two by one point. Um, they lose some key firepower from a defense that finished top forty in the state, um, and uh, you know you know look at some other schools at the top of five A. Whiteland is coming off their first state finals appearance in program history. Can they replicate that in twenty twenty three? Fort Wayne Snyder is the is preseason number two uh, in five A according to Indiana Football Digest. They have three seasons of eight plus wins over the last five years. Uh, they won their first sectional since twenty eighteen and their first regional since twenty sixteen a year ago. 
2022 was their first 11-win season since 2017. They lost to Valpo by one in the semi-state. Um, you know, Snyder's going to have a new signal caller, uh, but can they get back to their, to the state finals for the first time since 2015? You've got the Franklin Grizzly Clubs, who are coming off their best season in three years. They finished 8-3, and three, won five in a row before losing to Whiteland in the 5A tournament. They have their quarterback back, uh, Clay Pinnock. Um, Fort Wayne North finished with a winning record for the first time since 2013. They were 8-3. and three. They've lost to Fort Wayne Snyder in the sectionals. The teams that I just went through, those were the teams that uh, five teams that were at the top five of the 5A rankings, according to Max Preps in 2022 at the end of the year, um, You know, most of which having their best season in recent memory. So the question is, who will take the reins um, early on and make people say, okay, this is the this is the team to beat in 5A. The 5A title runs through them because I don't think there's a team out there right now at 5A that you can say, okay, this is the team that we have as the favorite. This is the team that should take control and uh, hoist the trophy at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I love when – a class that's kind of can be considered wide open. Um, it makes, in my opinion, it makes for some really entertaining football. Um, and I, I think with, with five, a, yeah, you got Valpo coming back and as the defending champ, so you have to kind of slot them in as your, as a potential favorite, but man, don't ever sleep on any of these Fort Wayne schools. They're just, I don't know. There's something about them. They, they produce a lot of D1 talent, a lot of really good D1 talent. So I, I honestly, I mean, like I said, 6A is, it's all center Grove, but I feel like 5A is probably the deepest right now. And it could go any number of directions. I'm, I'm personally excited to kind of follow along to see what the 5A class is able to produce this year. Well, you talk about, you know, those Fort Wayne schools, um, you know, and that's where I'm going with my toughest sectional, uh, sectional 12. Uh, two of Indiana Football Digest's top five in the class are in that sectional, number two, Fort Wayne Snyder, number four, Fort Wayne North. Uh, both Snyder and North finished top five in the class, according to Max Preps last year, like I mentioned before. You also throw in Fort Wayne Dr Dwanger, who's ranked number 11th as well, according to IFD. Um, all three teams uh, have a lot of talent re returning, um, and I think the winner of that sectional will be on the right track to make it to Lucas Oil. I mean, that's going to be an intense sectional, and whoever gets out of that, I mean, will be will probably be a favorite to, to go all the way if they can get out of there. Yeah, I mean, I, there's not much more you can say about the these Fort Wayne schools. Um, Fort Wayne ends up kind of being like a bloodbath. I mean, they, they, they just, they take each other out, and it's unfortunate that we have to eliminate either Fort Wayne Snyder or Fort Wayne North that early on because both of those teams definitely have what it takes to get to Lucas Oil Stadium Thanksgiving weekend. Um, yeah, that's sectional 12. Whew. Whoever comes out of that, I, I feel like we'll have an inside track to get to get to play in a state championship. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, looking at a player to watch um, as far as 5A goes. I'm actually going to go defensively here, and I'm going to take a look at Valpo's senior cornerback, Tyler Versher. Um, he's third on the, he was third on the team a year ago in solo tackles. He had 26. He had 38 total on the campaign, fifth amongst returnees. 
He's a t- he was a team leader with seven interceptions in 2022, uh, All-State and All-Conference at his position. Uh, Valpo was fifth in 5A, uh, top 40 in the state defensively last season, allowing just 15 points per game. Four one-score games en route to the 5A title, so their defense was key. And if they want to get back there uh, to the biggest stage, they'll need their defense to come up big again, and I think for sure uh, is going to be the key to doing that. If, if they can keep making plays, keep making turnovers, um, do that kind of thing, then I think they will be on a good track to, to get back to Lucas Oil. Yeah. Oh, my player to watch. This one's tough, but let's see. I have the notes here. There they are. I'm going with Bo Polston out of uh, Decatur Central. Last year, Bo Polston was one of the rare freshmen to actually start at quarterback. Look, this guy put up serious numbers as a freshman for Decatur Central, completing over 53% of his passes for over 1,600 yards and 15 touchdowns with just nine interceptions. I mean, the kid's an athlete, rushing for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. The offers are already starting to come in for him. Um yeah, this, Decatur Central didn't have the greatest win-loss record last season, uh, but I mean, with him poised to make a huge jump uh, as a sophomore, we always can always kind of see that. Um, you know, I think he's going to be able to write the, the Decatur Central ship and get them back into their winning ways. But man, putting up those kinds of numbers as a freshman, I'm really, really intrigued to see what Bo, Bo Polston can do as a sophomore and if he's able to make that, that jump in his production this season. Yeah, it's kind of fun to watch some of the and look at some of the freshman standouts uh, from last year because those are the teams that you're going to see maybe make a run and be the teams that are going to be favorites in the coming years because you know as some of the talent at the top you know graduates, especially in a class like five A, you wonder if that can be a team that can make a deep run to Cater Central uh, just with the talent that they have. Um, looking at um, my dark horse and eventually state champion. Uh, my dark horse is a true dark horse, in my opinion. That is Bloomington North. They were 6-5 in 2022, finished as the 18th best team in 5A. According to Max Preps, they lost 28-7 to Bloomington South in the sectionals. But they're the preseason number 10, according to Indiana Football Digest. The re- returnees include a guy with a heck of a name, man. Uh, a guy who is destined for greatness just because of his name. Dash King. At quarterback, he uh, he, he led the 5A in passing yards as a sophomore. We mentioned some of those uh, underclassmen who um, have been successful. He is definitely one of those guys. They also get back tight end Aiden Steinfeld. He's a Marshall commit uh, who was 10th in the class in receiving yards. I mean, look, some of those uh, 3C, all 3C media teams struggled to find a uh, tight end because <laughs> the tight end receiving numbers, you know, there are, you know, not a lot of teams with the, with a tight end that was putting up a lot of stats, but Bloomington North has that player. Um, there's enough firepower in the Cougars that I think they could make a run into October, November. Um, and for as much of faith as I have in them and some of the other teams um, in 5A, I'm going to kind of keep the trend going here. I'm going with Valpo to win the 5A state championship. Um, you know, the previous two 5A champions, 
uh, won back-to-back championships, uh, New Pal in 2018 and 2019, Cathedral in 2020 and 2021. You know how I like my uh, trends and my you know going off of past history. Um, that's where I'm going there. Uh, they are Indiana Football Digest number one in the class. They return their quarterback, Justin Clark, um, who and they're one of the few teams at the top of the class that can say that. They can say they have their quarterback back. He threw for uh, uh, just over 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, and 11 uh, – he had 11 rushing touchdowns in 2022. You know, and I have a lot of hunches. Um, you know, I thought maybe any of the Fort Wayne schools, Snyder, North, Dwanger, I, I thought about picking them. I thought about picking Whiteland. Um, you know, they were in consideration. Uh, but with all that doubt, I just went with the proven uh, – product in Valpo. So I think Valparaiso is going to be the third consecutive team to win back-to-back titles of 5A. Yeah, I'm um, my dark horse. I'm actually going to go with Decatur Central just, be, just because I th- like I said, Bo Colston is is set up to have a, a, a really good sophomore season. Um, this is a team that is typically right up there in the mix for it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a dark horse pick, so got to, I'm, I'm going dark horse. And I think that's going to be Decatur central as far as the champion goes. Yeah. I'm sticking with, uh, Valpo as well. They, I mean, they just return a lot of firepower that that team is set up to make another, another run at a state championship. So I'm, I'm going with Valpo, but give me Decatur central as a dark horse. Yeah, and like I mean, we've talked about it. That class is is super wide open, so it'll be it'll be fun to see who uh, kind of rises uh, to the occasion. And and you know, hey, could very well be Valparaiso yet again. Uh, moving on to four A, uh, biggest storyline there for me is how real are East Central running backs Josh Ringer? Uh, how realistic uh, is his Mister Indiana football hopes? Um, you know, he's on the short list, according to the Indy Star, of the last 10 Mr. Football winners. Three have been uh, have been the running back position. Uh, we had Markel Jones from Columbus East in 2014, Charlie Spiegel from New Pal in 2019, Carson Steele from Center Grove in 2020. Uh, how Ring- Ringer stacks up against those guys, Jones had uh, 3,500 rushing yards and 60 touchdowns. Spiegel had 3,100 rushing yards and 55 touchdowns. Then you have Ringer, who last year put up uh, 23,168 uh, rushing yards and 39 touchdowns. And then you had Steele uh, having uh, 1,659 yards and 31 touchdowns. Uh, Ringer was third in the state in rushing yards. He's the state leader as far as returnees go. He also led the state with 42 touchdowns, uh, four touchdowns in the 4A uh, state championship. So if he can put together another season where he flirts with 2,500 rushing yards and leads the state uh, leads the state in that category as well as touchdowns en route to a title, I mean, I think he's got a really compelling chance if he has anything close to uh what he did last year i think he'll be in in a good position yeah this the 4a i think it it has quite a bit of talent um i think that's going to be the key i think that's going to be the biggest storyline is the 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 level of talent that's coming out of 4a um can they contend with the 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 5a and 6a on names on bigger bigger schools um I think that's that's my kind of my storyline is just how this talent can take over the the four the class four a um, whether it's you know who you just talked about or Mylon Graham out of New Haven 
there's just a lot. There's some good, good, solid talent there. And I'm really interested to see how that is looked at on the, the grand stage as far when it comes to the Indiana Mr. Football. Yeah. Because we have seen that the Indiana Mr. Football voters are not afraid to go after to select somebody from a lower class. I mean, heck. Like usually you might think, oh, you know, they were really good, but look at the level of competition they were playing against. They're not afraid to say, hey, this 1A linebacker who also plays wide receiver, he he is the best player in the state, regardless of, of level. Um, so it'll be interesting. I mean, you've got Jack Kaiser from Pioneer. I think they were 1A. Uh, you've got Charlie Spiegel, like, which I talked about. He was from 5A New Pal. Um, last year, Drake Bowen uh, was 2A Andrean. So, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right, They, which is nice to see. It's nice to see that they're not just like, well, it's got to be a 6A guy or a 5A guy. It, it can be those guys that are at you know some of the lower levels who just are like, hey, you know what? Yeah, our opponent's – may not be as tough as 6A, but at the same time, our numbers reflect that. It's not like everyone's putting out the numbers we are or close to those numbers. Like We are showing you that, hey, we, we are playing the lesser opponent and taking advantage of that and putting up really you know gaudy stats and things like that. So um, as far as uh, tough as sectional goes, uh, I'm looking at sectional 24. Uh, it's always a you – know, we talked about the Fort Wayne schools. It's just as crazy with the Evansville schools as well. Um, Evansville writes, they went under, they had an undefeated season, uh, a year ago, uh, in the regular season. Um, they were the, either the preseason number two in 4A, according to Indiana Football Digest. They returned running back defensive lineman Levi Oxley, who was on the all three C media team last year. He's back and ready to contribute on both sides of the ball again. You've got Evansville Memorial, who's ranked number six by Indiana Football Digest. They made it to the regional last season before losing to East Central. You've also got a pesky Boonville team that was 8-4 and four last year, too. So you've got a lot of teams in the southern uh, part of Indiana as well that, that like to beat and bang on each other, and, and we'll see you know who can maybe emerge from that sectional and, and if they can be you know a team that's you know contending at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Sectional 24 – is a bloodbath, and that's always a fun one to keep an eye on. What I love about uh, about 4A the most is that it, this is where we see a lot of the really good schools up in northern Indiana and southern Indiana. This is the one where you can almost leave central Indiana out of the conversation. Uh, to me, that that's a lot of fun. I, I really do like that. I mean, there are a couple of teams in 4A that um, in central Indiana that get their nose in there every once in a while but you know anything coming from north and south is is super entertaining so yeah but sectional 24 i mean it's it's very similar to the fort wayne area those schools are going to beat up on each other and anybody that comes out of there does have a legitimate shot to make that run to lucas oil stadium uh so definitely keeping an eye on on that sectional as well Player to watch. Uh, I'm st I'm staying with East Central running back, uh, the senior Josh Ringer. Um, going to going to Miami of Ohio, so staying in the MAC. But uh, I kind of wish he was. I kind of wish he was coming to Ball State, but it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> he had nearly 2,400 yards, uh, 39 touchdowns uh, on the ground last season, 42 total. We mentioned that. 
four games of four or more rushing touchdowns, including the 4A state final. Uh, he had five touchdowns versus Martinsville, also in the 4A state tournament, six touchdowns versus South Dearborn in September. That earned him 3C Media Player of the Week honors. I know that put him on our radar. Um, he's a front runner for Mr. Football in Indiana, and he's going to be pivotal to East Central's plan of going back-to-back. So Josh Ringer is my player to watch. I think he can have a really outstanding season. In 4A, it begin, the conversation should begin and end with New Haven wide receiver Mylon Graham. Mylon Graham is a five-star recruit committed to Ohio State, chose Ohio State over offers from Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Michigan, Notre Dame, Penn State, Tennessee, Texas A&M. They have good wide receivers, suspect. right? What? Ohio State typically has good wide receivers, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean – the his tape is eye popping last year he caught 48 passes for over 1100 yards and 13 touchdowns yes new haven was only five and five last year and they lost in the first round of the sectionals to the cow but man this kid has what it takes to really uh take help take new haven to the next level this season if he can live up to his his ranking and his five yeah, with the five stars, there's no reason he can't help New Haven be more successful this year. And honestly, if he wants to be considered a even be considered for the for Indiana Mr. Football, he's going to have to take that next step and really help take uh, New Haven to some more success this year than just five and five. Right, right. Um, so as far as the dark horse goes in our state champion, uh, I'm going, uh, dark horse wise, I'm going to go with Kokomo. Uh, they finished, uh, in the top 10, uh, in 5A, according to Max Preps, uh, seventh in the final AP pool, eight, uh, sixth in the coaches pool. The Wildcats earned their first sectional and regional title since 2017 last year. Um, they lost to eventual state runner up New Prairie in the semi state. Uh, IFD has them at preseason number four in 4A, and although they'll have to break in a new signal caller in 2023, they do return all-state running back Darian Story, uh, who ran for nearly tw- uh, 1,200 yards and 17 touchdowns uh, on, on the offensive side, and they also get all-state defensive back um, Reese Beard back as well. He had 64 tackles, 8 for loss, 11 pass breakups, and 3 interceptions in 2022. So they've got a lot of talent on that Kokomo team, and I think they can go uh, deep into that. Uh, uh, tournament as well. Of course, I mean, heck, they only lost by one point to New Prairie. I believe that was a ten to nine final. So, uh, you know, they they were right there in the conversation, um, you know, to get to uh, to Lucas Oil last year, and I think they they have the firepower to do it again. However, I'm going to keep the trend going uh, with my state championship picks. Uh, I'm going to go with East Central. Uh, you know, they it's so hard to ignore what the Trojans did last season and, and, and what they bring back this year. I know I've talked a lot about Josh Ringer and all of his successes and all he brings to the table. They also return uh, quarterback Cole Burton. Uh, he had nearly 1,800 yards, 22 touchdowns a year ago. Um, he uh, They also return All-State offensive lineman Noah Snyder, All-State linebacker Braden Rouse. Rouse last year, 83 tackles, four and a half sacks, and a fumble recovery. Uh, the Trojans were a force last year, and with all they have coming back, um, I think it'll be more of the same. I think that, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I, I picked – I pick, you know, some of my other picks were just kind of based on past history or like on a whim. Uh, with this one, it's like, man, all the talent they have coming back is just so crazy. And so I'm going with the Trojans to repeat this year. Um, so for me, I don't know if you can really call this one a dark horse, but I'm going my 
my dark horse pick is um, Evansville, right? Um, yeah, I know. They finished <laughs> number two last year, preseason number two this year. But I don't know. I just, I feel like that Evans, like I said earlier, that Evansville sectional is going to set them up pretty nicely. Um, and it, you know, especially when you are, you're returning one of your key players on that's on both sides of the ball with uh, Levi Oxley. I, it's hard to overlook some of those things. Um, so yeah, Evansville rights is my dark horse. And I agree with, I'm going with you as well on this one, East central. Um, Man, I mean, last year what was was really they were just out of this world. Um, really, on both sides of the ball. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see if they can continue that success into this season um, and make that run again. But again, it's one of those things that with with what they are returning, it, it, it you have to say the state championship, the four A state championship, is theirs until proven otherwise. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've just got so much coming back. And, I mean, there are a lot of good teams at the top of 4A as well, but it's just so hard to ignore uh, what East Central returns. Um, so we're halfway home. Let's go into the uh, bottom three classes of uh, the IHSAA football slate here. We'll go into 3A now. Uh, biggest storyline from 3A, uh, at least for me, is can Lawrenceburg's defense shine like they did in 2022. Lawrenceburg had the best defense in the state in terms of points per game last season, allowing just six points per contest. They had six straight shutouts from September 9th to October 14th, seven total on the season. They allowed seven or fewer points in 11 of 15 games. That defense led them to their first state championship appearance since 2016. Their top two tacklers, um, Jake Pierce and Nico Ferreira, uh, they're both gone. Uh, they had 100 tackles uh, apiece last season. Uh, Pierce was also tied for the team lead uh, in takeaways with four interceptions and two fumble recoveries. So uh, with some key talent missing from last year's squad, will the defense uh, remain one of the best or will they need uh, help? Or will they be? Will they remain one of the best uh, units and help keep the Tigers in the conversation uh, or will Lawrenceburg take a step back this season? So I think, I think there is a spotlight on the Lawrenceburg Tigers to see if they can produce what they did a year ago. Yeah, again, it is one of those things where Lawrenceburg has built a tradition of having uh, really good defenses, and each senior class doesn't want to be that first one that's going to underperform. They want to keep that tradition alive. Um, it will be interesting because it is tough to replace 100-plus tacklers. Um, that's that's never an easy thing to do, but – I mean, like I said, Lawrenceburg has built that tradition of solid defenses, and there's no reason to think that the guys that were behind them didn't take what they learned from them and are able to uh, put that into play this year to be to keep them as one of the best defenses in the entire state. Looking at toughest sectional, uh, I'm honing in on sectional 28, uh, more or less because you've got the defending 3A champs, a storied program in Bishop Chatar. They're they're going to be good yet again. They're good year in year out. Um, they are the preseason number one in the class. 
uh, you know, four three A. Uh, Garen Catholic is also preseason number six. They finished ranked in the final AP poll um, last year. Tom Dilly has a, a solid team. Oh, yet again coming back, and of course they played Shatard uh, really well in the regular season last year. I know they got, I believe they still got beat in the sectional uh, pretty soundly by Shatard, but uh, you know in the regular season they played them pretty well. So um, I think that sectional uh, is going to be fun to watch. Sectional twenty eight. Yeah, I mean, there's a, that sectional. Wow, Tom, I I completely forgot Tom Dilley was at Garen Catholic. Tom Dilley was the head coach at Lawrence North when I was at LN. Um, but if you if you're going to look at a coach that's got that kind of tradition, that's got tradition of winning um, in that class level, it is Tom Dilley. I mean, look what he did when he was at Chatard for the longest time. Um, but yeah. Garen Catholic is going to be much improved. I mean, they were good last year. Chatard, it's it's Chatard. Um, they're one of the most successed programs in in the history in the state of Indiana. That I think that one is ultimately going to be a battle, um, and that that's going to be a fun battle to watch because I feel like if Ger- whoever comes out of that one, I, I I would give the inside track to get to, to Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, but yeah, I mean, history versus kind of a newer up and coming, um, Garrett's got solid play at quarterback. It's going to be entertaining for sure. Player to watch for class three, a, uh, I'm going back to Lawrenceburg, uh, kind of the same reasoning I had, uh, for, uh, picking, uh, of, you know, the Valparaiso defender only uh, kind of going in a different direction with it this time. I'm going with Lawrenceburg senior running back Tegan Bennett. Uh, he was a three, a rushing leader amongst players that you'll see back this season. He had, uh, 1,532 yards, 18 touchdowns a year ago, nine games of a hundred plus yards, four games of, of 150 plus yards, uh, 207 yards versus Batesville during the 3A tournament. He had six multi-touchdown games, three games with three or more touchdowns, and a four-touchdown game versus Rushville in September. He was all-conference uh, and all-state last year. Um, and the Tigers are the number two team in 3A heading into the season, um, and, you know, as far as the preseason goes, according to IFD. And if they're going to make another deep run, uh, they need uh, Tegan Bennett to have another strong year, especially if the defense is not as on point. So, you know, if the defense isn't doing what they did last year, they're going to have to rely on that offense. I mean, I know a lot of those shutouts were also blowouts where they won like, you know, 28, 30 to nothing, whatever. But still, like, they're going to need that offense to shine just that much brighter if the defense isn't on point like it was last year. So I think uh, Tegan Bennett's going to be going to be fun to watch this year. My player to watch uh, comes from a school I've just kind of talked about a little bit, but it is uh, senior quarterback Ryan Zimmerman from Garen Catholic. He – he's had a, a pretty solid career um, up to this point last year. He only played in three and a half games after and ended the season with, um, with a collarbone injury that he ended up having to have surgery on. But look in his three and a half games he played in last year, he completed 66% of his passes for 1,035 yards and nine touchdowns compared to four interceptions. So he was on pace to have a heck of a season as a sophomore, he passed for over 1,200 yards and 19 touchdowns and rushed for another 143 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, th- this kid has some, some, some pretty big talent. And I think um, if, he's a- if he's still making that progression, like we saw him making last year from his sophomore, he was on track to do last year from his sophomore year, he can lead Garen Catholic a, a long way uh, in the postseason. 
you know, talked about the talent that, you know, Coach Dilly has coming back. He's definitely one of those players that, that can make a difference for for uh, that squad this year. Um, as far as the Dark Horse goes uh, and our champion for uh, 3A goes, uh, Dark Horse for me, uh, I'm going to go with Monrovia because why not the fighting Mark Jameses? Why not? the Fighting Bulldogs of Monrovia. They were 6-8 and eight a year ago, but they did rally uh, f- uh, from a seven-game losing streak to win their uh, sectional and regional. That was for the first time since 2016. Um, they were the they are the preseason number 10 for 3A, according to IFD. They returned their leading rusher, uh, Brayton Belcher. Uh, f- he ran for uh, almost 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns last year. They also get back Josie Hand. Uh, who had 545 yards and eight touchdowns a year ago. Joey Smith led the team in tackles as a freshman with 110. He's back. Um, They have uh, Brody Clampett, uh, who's tied amongst returnees uh, with uh, two and a half sacks. He was a freshman last season as well. High-quality names on this team. You've got Clampett. You've got Josie Hand. You've got Brayton Belcher, which just makes me think of uh, Bob's Burgers, the Belcher family there. So you got a lot of great names on that squad as well, so why, that's another great reason to pick them. And they've got some key offensive talent. Uh, they've got some young, you know, some young talent as well on the defensive side that's improving. Um, and I think Monrovia can, can make a deep run this year. I think they can really uh, open some eyes. The champion that I'm picking, though, I am going with Gibson Southern. Uh, to, I, I think they are going to have a really strong year. They're IFDs, preseason number three. They were 10-1 and one last season. They finished number two in both the AP and coaches poll. They get quarterback Tanner Boyd back. He had nearly 1,500 yards. He had seven touchdowns, five interceptions last season. They also return his top target, um, Sean DeLong, uh, who was a force on both sides of the ball really last year uh, for the Titans. Uh, on the defensive side, they get Brody K- uh, Kem back. Uh, he was an All-State uh, Kime, I think it is. I think I missed the letter in there. Brody Kime, uh, he's back. All-State defensive lineman uh, who had five sacks and a forced fumble in 22. So the Titans were a top offense in 3A and have some great talent returning defensively, and I think they can make it two titles in three seasons. So give me the Titans of Gibson Southern to win 3A. So my dark horse, I've talked about this school already, but I'm going with Garen Catholic. You have a, a strong senior quarterback leading the way for that team, a coach with a, a state championship pedigree. They are kind of set up right now to make that run. Uh, the only, I feel like the only thing that really stands in their way is their sectional against uh, Bishop Chittard. Um, But Like I said, I think whoever comes out of that sectional does have an inside track to get to Lucas Oil Stadium. So if Garen is able to pull that upset of Bishop Chittard, don't be surprised to see uh, them playing in Lucas Oil Stadium come Thanksgiving weekend, which then leads me into my 3A champion. I am going with Chittard. Um, Look, this is a school that for the longest time, they know how to get. This program just knows how to get to the state championship, whether – they can win it or not is, a, is it up in the air always, usually every year. But this team is just solid. Um, they, they return quite a bit. I mean, they're preseason number one for a reason. Um, so honestly, this is, this, is, this is their class again until proven otherwise. But they're, they're very strong, but they're going to have a formidable challenge with Garen Catholic this year. Yeah, and like you said, if, if Garen Catholic can get past Chittard, I mean, they, they kind of assume that front-runner position. So so we'll see what happens there uh, at Class 3A. Moving on to 2A now, um, and the, the biggest storyline that I'm looking at 
uh, is is this the year that Linton Stockton finally breaks through? They have they. I didn't realize this until I looked into it a little bit more. They've won 20 straight regular season games. Uh, they're 23 and two the last two seasons. In 2021, they lost in the sectional uh, to Evansville Modern Day, and then in 2022, they lost in the semi-state to Evansville Modern Day, and Evansville Modern Day absolutely put it on them uh, in that game as well. Uh, last season was their first sectional and regional titles uh, at the 2A level. Uh, they finished number one in the eight final AP and coaches poll. Uh, they're going to have a new face under center this season. They're without their leading rusher. Uh, they're not in IFD's top 12 teams into a, but they had some standout performers from some freshman defenders. You know, so again, some freshman underclassmen helped there defensively. Russell Goodman uh, led the team in tackles with 130. They have Paul Oliver back, who led the team with 7.5 sacks. Uh, you know, maybe a strong defense can help them survive their uh, you know until their offense figures it out in 2023. They've got some strong defense coming back. We you know, we've talked about defenses really being able to you know carrying being able to carry you at times and. I think that might be, you know, some juice that at least keeps uh, the miners in the conversation. Yeah, you you really want to see it for them just because they've been knocking on that door for so long. And like you said, eventually they're going to break through. Um, this is a, a, a school that's just got a really solid athletic department. We're, you know, you're, you, you see a lot of those in this class or yeah. And, and, um, in this class of football. Um, I'm kind of hoping to see it finally happen for him. It'll be, it'll be a fun story to watch, but you know, one loss last year, finishing the season uh, ranked fifth. I, I want to see it happen for him. I do. I want to see it happen, but I don't know if I can pick him. Yeah. I, I mean, look, history's they... not on their side. History's just not on their side, but Hey, that's why, you know, History is meant to be broken sometimes. I'm trying to remember because they played in the 1A final uh, the first year that I w was at the state finals to like cover the finals for Indiana SRN, and I can't remember if they beat Pioneer or if they lost to Pioneer. They probably, I think they lost to Pioneer. But yeah, I mean, it. Nevertheless, it just always seems like no matter how far they go, they run into like whoever the buzzsaw is at that point in time the uh, in, is, in the it, class. It, it, in 2A, there really is a lot of buzzsaws mm -hmm. year after year. Whether, you know, last year it was Modern Day. I mean, Modern Day is a buzzsaw in a lot of sports. You, I mean, you just have a ton of talent there, Andrian. And then you look down at Lafayette Central Catholic, who's just good at everything. Fort Wayne Bishop Lures. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on and on. Um, so you would like to see Linton Stockton become that buzzsaw finally. Right, and it, it's it's possible. You talked about Lafayette Central Catholic. That's where I'm going for toughest sectional. I'm going to sectional 34 uh, because, like you said, Lafayette Central Catholic. That's an athletic department that you don't ever really want to bet against. <laughs> they they always seem to uh, have a top program. They lost to eventual state runner up uh, in Andrean in the regional last season. They finished in the top 10 in the AP and coaches poll uh, in the class. They've also uh, got a lot of returnees uh, on the on the squad that went nine and four last season. Um, they're also IFD's preseason number three. They're they're in the sectional with Rochester, who's number eight in the class, according to IFD. Uh, they finished number nine in the 2022 uh, Max Preps final uh, rankings there in 2A. They also return a lot of firepower from a team that won 10 games in 2022. They did lose to LCC in the sectional championship. So those are two teams that are really strong, um, and 
they'll they'll duke it out yet again for another uh sectional championship yeah that that that's always a fun one i mean lafayette central catholic it's just they're just a, they're a, one of the best teams one you said i've said you said it one of the best athletic departments in the entire state that sectional is going to be just a fun one to watch lots of good competition um yeah i can't wait to see that one and how that one unfolds the player that I'm looking at uh, as my player to watch for 2A, uh, I'm looking at Triton Central senior quarterback Jace Stuckey. He was uh, the leading passer in 2A amongst returnees. Last year, he completed 67% of his passes for uh, 2,657 yards, 23 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Uh, he had four games of three touchdowns or more, a five-touchdown effort in week one against Cascade. Uh, there's quite a bit of senior leadership on in the Tigers' offense. Uh, they're IFD's preseason number two, and if they hope to contend for a state championship, they'll need a strong performance by Stuckey. So I think Stuckey's going to have a strong year for Triton Central. It's, again, kind of like we talked about, uh, with uh, East Central, where they just have a lot of good talent coming back. And so I think they're going to be uh, strong contenders, and I think Jay Stuckey's going to be a part of that. I'm watching uh, Cecina Memorial's senior quarterback, David Mendez. Uh, he's a three-sport athlete, which is always, always a good thing. Um, you just know that they just have that athletic ability when they're, they're playing more than one sport. Last year, he was the full-time starter for the Crusaders, and when they went 10-2, and two, he completed 49% of his passes for 1,350 yards and 14 touchdowns, two six interceptions, um, so not the largest margin there. But because of his athleticism, he was a factor in the running game. Um, didn't put up a lot of yards, but he was a, a bigger threat when it came time to the short yardage goal line situations, rushed for 10 touchdowns, so... He accounted for 24 touchdowns last season. I'm looking for big things out of him to help keep Sassina Memorial in that conversation for a state championship. Yeah, Sassina is always, uh, you know, a tough school, uh, you know, uh, to, to get past as well. Um, so uh, I'm a good one there. Uh, dark horse and state champion for me. Uh, my dark horse, I'm going to LaVille. Uh, the Lancers are 19-4 and four the last two seasons. They had an undefeated regular season in 2022, losing to Andrean the last two years. Um, that's what ended their season. Uh, Jeff Kaiser takes the reins as head coach in 2022. He was previously the defensive coordinator for LaVille. Uh, the Lancers were 11th in the state defensively last season, allowing just 10 points per game. They're the preseason number nine team, according to Indiana Football Digest, and if they can harness any of the magic they had last season, especially with uh, the Drake Bowens and the Mason Wonderlicks of the world uh, not in their way anymore, uh, they might just have a chance to open some eyes. So I'm going with the Lancers of LaVille as my dark horse. But as far as my state champion goes, I'm going back to Triton Central. Uh, it would be their first state title in program history. The class of 2024 has never lost a sectional. Um, they're a program accustomed to success. They're the preseason number two, according to IFD. We talked about Jay Stuckey. Uh, he comes into 2023 as the best passer in 2A. They also get back their leading rusher, Ray Crawford. Uh, he had over 1,100 yards, 15 touchdowns in 2022. Uh, they were eighth in the class in defense, allowing 17 points per game. Levi Dewey, he's the team leader in interceptions with four. He's back. Mason Compton's back, uh, who was a, the team leader in takeaways with three interceptions and three fumbles. So they've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. They've got a great quarterback under center. That's a fantastic recipe for success, and I think Triton Central hoists the trophy at the end of the year. 
I'm going for my dark horse. Yeah, stick with me here for a moment, but I'm going with Heritage Christian. Um, they are returning uh, some solid players on defense. Uh, we look, you know, we've looked a lot at these offensive players here in Class Two A. But Colin Jones for Heritage Christian is going to lead a pretty solid defense. He's coming back last year where he made eight, 84 tackles, including 18 for a loss and six sacks. He's going to be looked at as the, at the leader of that defense. Um, sometimes when you're going up against some really good offenses, the best thing to counter it with is a solid defense. And um, I feel like Heritage is going to have that. They're coming off of a seven and four season last year and they lost by one point to lapel in the sectional championship. I feel like that's going to kind of uh, burn a little bit inside their inside them to give them a good push this season. And again, this is a team that a program that has that has success in getting to the state championship in the past. So I'm going to give them my dark horse. However, I am going to go with uh, Cecina Memorial as my state champion. Yeah, a good defense can take you far, but having uh, having solid seniors, especially at the quarterback position, I just feel like Cecina, who's constantly there, coming off of a successful season last year, is going to um, really kind of make that push and bring home the two-way championship this year. Yeah, I mean, Cecina and Heritage Christian, those are both two you know programs that are, are typically in the conversation. Kyle Ray, what he's done with the Eagles has been really special. So, yeah, those are two teams that I could definitely see uh, you know, being there uh, at Lucas Oil at the end of the year. We've got just one class to go. It's 1A, uh, and we're going to get into them. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more here about the class 1A. Biggest storyline, uh, can Indianapolis Lutheran complete the three-peat uh like we talked about with center grove the saints have gotten gotten into it's them until it isn't territory uh back-to-back 1a titles three state finals appearances in the last four years not only that dave pash's squad has not lost a game since 2020 uh back-to-back 15 and 0 seasons uh this while consistently playing above their class um, no, uh, no 1A opponents on the t- 2023 uh, regular season schedule. The preseason uh, 1A school, um, they're, they finished number one in 1A last year, finished 22 uh, with the best offense uh, in the state as well as a top 10 defense, finished number 20 in the state overall, according to Max Prep. So when you have a 1A school that's in the top 20 in the state, you know you're dealing with the real deal. Um you know, there's no real, there's no real reason to think that the Saints won't keep marching on uh, in 2023. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on on this with Lutheran. Um, very much, it, it's kind of like a bookend storylines for us when we look at Lutheran and when, then we look at Center Grove and 6A. Both of these schools have been the um, the poster child of long-term success or consistent success um and you know lutheran is essentially i look at them as kind of like the the center grove of 1a they're a very tough team they consistently have some of the best team defenses offenses in the in the entire state they're just very very tough um across the board so it, it can they keep up that success can they bring home another state title um It'll be, it'll be fun to watch them this this year. Well, if they do, they're going to go through the toughest sectional because I have sectional 47 as my sectional. There's going to be a sectional to watch, toughest sectional. Um, we're going to be talking a lot about Lutheran in this 1A preview. 
um, you know, because this is Indianapolis Lutheran sectional, sectional 47. Um, also, it's where IFD's preseason number five team, uh, Covenant Christian, uh, where they reside. Covenant won the 1A title in 2020, uh, finished the 2022 season ranked in both the AP and coaches poll, boasted a top 10 offense in 1A as well last season. So in other words, this sectional is home to the last three. Excuse me. <coughs> is home. Uh, so in other words, uh, this sectional is home to the last three 1A champions, uh, two preseason top five teams, and two top ten offenses from a year ago. So I'd say that I say that would be uh, what constitutes a tough sectional is is two teams that have been kind of the classes of 1A for the last few years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's a tough battle. Um, I wish you know. I, I this is one of those that again that I wish they did not that. It, Lutheran and Covenant Christian did not play in the same sectional um, because I, eh, I'll also stick with what I'm going to say later, but yeah, two of the better teams in one a, you love to see it. Um, actually at the same time, you also hate to see it happen so early. You want to see these things happen in semi-state or for a state championship, but so it's a, it's going to be a battle regardless. It'll be a fun one to watch. And it, it's a it's a good Central Indiana one. Yeah, for sure, I, I agree. You know, you you got some tough sectionals there, um, and and sectional forty seven is definitely going to be one of them. Uh, yet again, uh, player to watch, uh, for uh for 1A. I'm going with Lutheran junior quarterback Jackson Willis. Uh, he was the state's leading passer in both yards and touchdowns in 2022. Um, by like a lot. By by a pretty large margin, uh, he threw for nearly uh, four thousand yards, which was nearly a thousand in front of second place. Fifty one touchdowns, which is fourteen more than uh, second. Now it says he had fifty five touchdowns on max preps, but I think Lutheran also had two games logged tw- or a game logged twice. Um, so I kind of did a little little uh, adjusting there, but still. Five games of 300-plus yards passing, 12 games of three touchdowns or more, nine of four touchdowns or more, uh, four games with five or more touchdowns, and a six-touchdown game against Cascade. Uh, this was all as a sophomore, uh, you know, taking the spotlight as the quarterback for the best team in 1A, and that's how he responded. So didn't let the bright lights get to him, didn't say, okay, you know what, you know, we're, you know, ha- we're, I, I'm allowed to have some growing, pra- growing pains. He stepped right in and really took charge, uh, which makes me think that there's even more greatness headed Willis's way. So I think he's going to be uh, a, a player to watch for 2023. Sticking with Lutheran, I am actually going with um, one of Jackson Lewis's top targets. That's the 5'9", 160-pound junior wide receiver, Devon Jones. Look. When you have that kind of connection with this one of the state's top passers, you're going to automatically be one of the state's top pass catchers. Last year, he caught 54 passes for 922 yards and 12 touchdowns. He also ran for 107 yards and averaged 42.1 yards on eight kickoff returns. I mean, this is when you if you want to see an offense catch fire or you want to see, you know, fireworks. This kid brings the the boom to the fireworks show um, as far as the offense goes. I'm, I'm really excited to see this tandem of Jackson Willis and Devon Jones again this season. Um, I, I And they're going to go a long way. They're definitely going to go a long way. And 
put Lutheran right back in a great spot to be state champions yet again. So getting into that uh, topic here, our uh, final dark horse and final champion for the night. Uh, dark horse for 1A for me, I'm going with Sheridan. Uh, they're IFD's preseason number three for 1A. They finished top 10 in the AP poll, top five in the coaches poll last season. They have 15 starters returning from a squad that in 2022 went 11-2, one sectional 45, finished top 10 in the class offensively, 41 points per game, and finished ninth in the class defensively, allowing 15 points per game. So the Blackhawks are a team that if they can represent what they did a year ago, they'll be pretty scary. So I think Sheridan's going to be a team to watch for sure. But st- my, as far as my state champion goes, um, we uh, you know can't look any other place than Indianapolis Lutheran. We talked about the Saints being a top team both at the state and class level. Preseason number one, finished number one in 2022, uh, finished 20th in the state according to Max Preps. Top offense, top 10 defense in the state. We talked about Jackson Willis, all his accolades. Uh, second leading receiver from uh, a year ago, like you talked about, Devon Jones. He's back. You know, over 900 yards, 12 touchdowns. Leading tackler Johnny Hall is back, 111 uh, tackles in 2022. L.J. Ward, who had five interceptions, he is back as well. And look, I get it. You know, four of my six state champions uh, have been repeat champions as far as what I've picked. Uh, but this might be the one that I'm most confident in is is Lutheran uh, going back to back to back. That's just how good they've been. Uh, both last year and the year prior. So I, Lutheran, in my opinion, they go all the way, all the way and win again. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I love the Sheridan pick. That was who I was going with as well. My secondary option was Covenant Christian. Um, but Sheridan just, they have that history as well. If you, if you don't, if you haven't noticed, I, I really like the the history of, of programs and for the longest time, Sheridan was the end-all, be-all of this class. Just they, they bred football up in, in that area. Um, and you, if you're driving into Sheridan, you, you see it on their Welcome to Sheridan Town sign. They, they're very proud of their football history. Um, unfortunately for Sheridan, they've been kind of down recently, um, you know, last year was a really good season for them, but they want to get back to that level of where they're hoisting that state championship trophy. And when they come into a season, you go up oh, it's Sheridan and then everybody else. Um, so I would love to see Sheridan get back there. Definitely a dark horse. Another, like I said, Covenant Christians, another one to kind of watch out for. Um, but Sheridan's definitely a great pick. And again, with the state championship, it's got to be Lutheran. I don't know what else you could, who else you could pick, really, especially with what Lutheran has returning and just how dominant they have been the past several seasons. It, it's hard to really pick against them. Um, you, you know, it's one of those, like you said earlier, you know, I, I'm going to pick against somebody because somebody else has got to win eventually. But then it's just like, well, I'm, I'm getting my pick wrong right. <laughs> consistently. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want to be wrong. And I want to see somebody else win eventually, but yeah, Lutheran's just too good. They really are. It's I don't just... know if I would say that is my biggest, my most confident pick. I still think center Grove is my most confident pick. Yeah. I, I think I, cause I think they're, I still like, I think center Grove will win. I would like right now. There's not a team that I I can say like that. 
I mean, yes, sure. If Sheridan won, like that, like obviously, I would be like, okay, well, that was my you know preseason dark horse. But there's not a team at one A right now that if they won, like, like I expect them to win, or would not be surprised if they won. If that makes sense. So like, I would be surprised if Covenant Christian won. I'd be surprised if Sheridan won. If Center Grove didn't win. I wouldn't be surprised. Just like if East Central didn't win, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I, you know, I'm certainly, you know, Valpo, that was a toss-up for me. But, like, I, I like, those are the teams, like, that I picked as repeats that I was like, you know what, I, I there's other teams in those classes that I'd be like, okay, you know what, it kind of makes sense that, you know, this team beat East Central or this team beat uh, Center Grove. Like, you know, I, heck, if you told me Cathedral won the 6A title this year, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me Westfield or, or well, Westfield might be a little surprising just because they haven't been that yeah. far, but, um, you know, Carmel or Warren Central, like you said, like if they won, you wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, that was a come from nowhere thing. Like, whereas if a team came and beat 1A with all of what Lutheran has done the last few years and with all they have coming back, like, I would be super surprised. Um, if a team came up and beat them. So that's why I said they're, they're my most confident just because now granted, I mean, they're all close. It's not like I think like, you know, leaps and bounds, you know, more in, with Lutheran in one A that I do in center Grove and six A. But I think of those four, I I'm I'm most confident in picking Lutheran just because I wouldn't, I would be surprised immensely if a team beat them in one A. Now, granted, okay. hey, look, Play the sound clip again at the end of the year when I'm ultimately wrong because it's the crash kiss of death, and I'll play this thing on repeat where I was like, "There's nobody that can beat Lutheran in one A, and you know, you know they lose in the sectional or something." But um, you know, you can play that clip on repeat. But I, th- but like I said, I think of those four, that's the one I'm like, okay, you know what? No one's beating them in my opinion. Whereas at six A, I'd be like, okay, you know what? I Center Grove is my team that I think will win, but and I think. I don't think there's a team that knocks them off, but I'm not going to be surprised if someone does, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All in all, I think it's going to be a really exciting high school football season this year. Lots of talent all across the board from 6A all the way down to 1A. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Friday nights are going to be just live this year yet again. I, I honestly, I love how Indiana high school football isn't, overlooked anymore it you know you now are having if you're a college coach you you have to pay attention to what's going on in indiana top to bottom yeah we're still not at the same level as as like this as florida or georgia or alabama or texas even cal in california um or ohio even where but it's it's great to see the high school football game in the state of Indiana coming to that next level and not being overlooked on, on the national stage anymore. Uh, We're becoming one that you have to pay attention to. And I like that. I really do like that. I've always, I've always loved Friday nights in the fall. Uh, Even when I was a kid growing up, going over to the Lawrence North games. Yeah. Lawrence North never had a a great program, Um, but it was always just fun. It was, it's just kind of what you did. Um, yeah, I know basketball was is king in Indiana, but football's coming. Oh yeah, and it's 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 fun. 
coming from a school that didn't have a a uh, a football team, um, you know, when I started calling games for Indiana SRN, I definitely felt like, man, I missed out. I missed out on something not having a, a football team when I was in high school. Uh, you know, just being around like the ambiance and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, it is something special in Indiana, and we've got a lot of high school football content coming down the pike for you guys this year. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you guys will be a part. That will do it for this week's edition of the Crash Course Podcast. Thank you guys all for hanging out with us. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, 3C Media. Go over to the Twitter page at 3C Media Sports. Go support us on YouTube. If you're not already there, if you're listening to us uh, on the podcast app, go hit subscribe, ring the bell. We've, like I said, got content coming for you uh, here uh, You know, as the football seasons kick off. Also, 3C Media over there on the Tic Tacs. Make sure you follow us there. And remember, uh, you can listen to us every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can hear the Crash Course Podcast. You can follow me at Crash Course FM on Twitter. B. Scott, where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Scott 87. And hey, you know what? I challenge everybody to come on into the YouTube channel. Uh, drop your picks um, in, the, in the comment section below. Go ahead. Let us know who you think is going to win at each of these. Let us know where we went wrong. I, I'd love to know. Um, and let's 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 just have a great football season um but yeah we want to know who you guys think is going to win if your favorite team we didn't get to talk about them get go ahead give them a shout out as well yeah definitely light up the comment section and guys hope you all have a great week see y'all next time